Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Uh, but I, I want to I go back today and, and tap into a message that I started weekend before last. Y'all may not remember I preached Never Settle for Less. And then I went AWOL. Uh, and, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to read that text. And I'm not going to preach all the same stuff, but I, I, I want to speak. I'm not finished speaking on that subject. And I'll just kind of quicken this week, like, go back in and, 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 and work on that. So we've added to it and taken away and all this good stuff. And I'm ready to preach the gospel. Y'all ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Yes. Never, never settle for less, part two, if we can say it that way. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. And it says this, and he brought him forth abroad. This is God doing this, and said, look now towards heaven. He's talking to Abram, which would later be Abraham. Look now towards heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Abram, you're going to have so many kids. It's going to be like the stars in the sky and the sands of the sea. And so what a promise from God. Genesis 16, 1 through 5, next chapter, we're seeing this flesh out. Things are not going the way they thought they were going to go. And now Sarai, she would later be called Sarah, just like Abram would be called Abraham. But right now, now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. God has shut my womb. Well, I mean, she was like 80-something. And I'm serious about that. Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. I want to preach to you for a few minutes, and we're just going to call it Never Settle for Less. God bless you. You may be seated. I will use this. I started off two weeks ago with this statement, and I'll say this, and then we'll move on. But I, I want to say this, that today I would like to speak to you to encourage you and to inspire you and also to get under your skin a little bit and telling you, this, and this is the, what I'm going to drill on, not to compromise the victory in your life because you feel a temporary defeat. Can you receive that? Not to compromise victory in your life because you feel temporary defeat. And somebody needed to hear that two weeks ago and you need to hear it again today and that's why I'm going to work that over and speak into your life. Don't compromise. Don't compromise not even, not even 1%. You know what happens when you compromise 1%? No phone service for 15 minutes each day. 1% of compromise. 1.7 million pieces of first-class mail lost each day if there was 1% of compromise. 
1% of compromise would mean 35,000 newborn babies dropped by doctors or nurses each, do, each year. 1% of compromise. It doesn't look like much. It doesn't sound like much. But compromise brings hurt and pain somewhere. 200,000 people getting the wrong drug prescriptions each year. That would take place if there was 1%. Two million people would die from food poisoning each year if there was 1% of compromise in the food system. So God is calling this church, I believe he's calling churches nationwide, worldwide, to, to not be people that compromise the truth and the word of God, the love of God, not even 1% and say, well, I've given 99. No, not compromising, not even 1%, but be all in with everything that you've, you have to the kingdom of God, the church of the living God, your love for God, that you move away from the things of this world and come in and fall in love and be all in with the Lord. Can you give the Lord a hand clap if you believe that? And so I'm trying to really contain myself because this is where I went off last time. And in our text today, we have the father of faith. The Bible calls him the father of faith. And his wife, Sarai, struggling with the hurt and the pain of compromise. And they're in this wrestling match in their life because they compromise. And the definition of compromise is to make a dishonorable or shameful concession in life. It's to, it's to, that's going to be on the screen for you. To, to make a dishonorable or shameful concession in life. If Abraham, which will later be called, uh, if Abram, which will later be called Abraham, is struggling with his faith, don't you know that there will be seasons in your life that you are going to struggle in your faith? Because I don't think anybody in here would say, well, I'm the father of faith. This guy's called the father of faith later on in scriptures. So if he is struggling in his faith, don't you understand that you're going to have seasons in your life when you struggle because of some form of compromise in your life, a struggle, a wrestling match in your faith. It's just going to happen at times. And I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm encouraging you that to hold fast in your faith. God has called and destined Abram to be the father of many nations. He's received this promise that I read to you from the word of God, but yet in his life, he's ready to settle for second best. He is this, this man that we herald his great faith, but he's willing to step back and because of as a suggestion from his wife, that he took her up on, he's willing to settle for second base, a best, and, and move away from the promises that God had spoke in to his life. 
I want to say something here to all the Abrams today. I want to say something here to all the Sarai's here today in the building. I'm speaking to people that God has given you a promise and your faith is wavering on the promise that he has given you. And this is what I want to tell you. Are you ready? I want you to write it down, take a picture of it on the screen. I want you to do something. We must not settle for Ishmael when God has promised us an Isaac. We cannot, we cannot settle for Ishmael. If I can get that on the screen, please. We must not settle for Ishmael when God has provided an Isaac in your life. And so what is it that makes us settle for second best? Why do we want to settle for something less? I, sometimes I say that and maybe I'm the one that it's not on the screens for. Maybe I didn't give them to it. So my bad. But we, we've got Ishmael issues. We want, we want God's second best instead of really, really the promise is built around Isaac. And I, I want to preach that out to you and flesh that out to you so that you can understand it. What is it that makes us, what is inside of us in our humanity that makes us want to settle for second best? One of the things that causes us to settle for second best is, is a lack of faith. We just struggle sometime in our faith. Can anybody be honest with that? Just struggle sometime in our faith. And Sarah, what she was doing was basing her faith on her immediate circumstances, what she could see right there in that moment, what she could, what she could grasp in her visual, what she could see. Here she is. She's getting old now. She feels like her womb is dried up. She feels like there's no hope. I'm old. Abraham's old. There's no hope for us. Everything that we've been promised is surely not going to come to pass. And so she, her faith began to lack. And I'm telling you, Abraham too. But their faith began to lack because they were basing things on what they could see. And sometimes when you base your faith on what you can see, you're going to struggle in your faith. Yes, amen. And there's a progression that begins to happen here. And the next thing here is she's struggling on what she can see. And so she begins to compromise some of her faith. And it comes out in the next Sarah circumstance caused her to start complaining. She started whining about it. And you can see in Scripture, and I didn't take time to, to explain it all, but she began to, to, to whine about it. And he's old, and I'm old, and this is not, and this is not happening. And that's happening the way God said it. And, 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 and we're struggling because... We're, we don't see it, and then the next thing we do is we start complaining. Now, folks, i got to tell you, is that the progression and the process of struggling faith? Yes. Our faith starts struggling. It's struggling. Why? What I've been praying for, I can't see, or what I was promised, I can't see. And so there's a step. It never stops. There's compromise. doesn't stop with just wanting to mess around with your faith. Then the next thing you do, you start complaining. Things that you wouldn't normally complain about, you know, you compromise is starting to allow you. You compromise some of your faith. You're starting to settle in, and you're starting to complain. And you'll notice you get whiny. You get whiny. You get complaining. You complain against God. You com you're you're going to find something. You, you, you're going to find something to lay the blame on on why the promise is not coming to pass. 
And then the next step is, because it's a progression, Sarah's complaint led her to full-fledged compromise. She was struggling with her faith based on what she could see. Then she started complaining. And then the next step, she's in full-fledged compromise of her faith. And then it doesn't stop there. And so there's a next step. There's a next step. So she didn't see it. She started complaining. And then she's full-fledged compromise in her faith. And she starts leaning in. And this is, this is where it starts to get dangerous for us. And we start settling for less. And she starts leaning in to her flesh. She starts leaning into her flesh. The Bible talked about that Sarah followed her flesh and gave Hagar to Abraham. Gave Hagar to Abraham. She took an Egyptian woman, a woman that was outside of their faith even, and she gave her to her beloved Abram because she was trying to figure this out. And so she started the process of compromise, and now she's leaning into her flesh, and she says, I'm going to figure this out for God. And Abram did what? He fulfilled his flesh. He stepped right in. He's like, Hagar suggested it. I mean, that's that's why I'm here. Didn't didn't want to do it, but boy, God provides, doesn't he? Y'all think that's funny tomorrow somewhere. I, and, and, and so he steps in to his flesh. Sarai is tempted, offers him. She's leaning into her flesh. She offers it, and I'm not blaming it on Sarah because it's just as much Abram's fault too. But now she's offering him, to, to offering Hagar to Abram, and Abram steps in. He leans in to his flesh, and we've got huge flesh things going out. And then the next comes the fallout of the compromise of my faith. So I'm giving you a progression here. I hope you see it. There's the fallout. And now Sarah, Ishmael's born, the, 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 what, not what God initially, initially intended. And now we've got this fallout that Sarah is des, despising Hagar. She is livid. What she wanted, her flesh leaned into What she thought she wanted, her flesh was grabbing for. Now she has what she wanted, but it's through compromise of her faith. And now, now she hates what she's done. Boy, is that that powerful stuff right there? We really could stop preaching right here because it's the progression and the process of settling for less and the way it takes place. And everyone in their room probably, probably has a story that you can, you can link up with the Abram and Sarah story, and it ha- may have a little different twist, a little different turn, but it has somewhere in your life, it has this process because you're not going to live for God 30, 40, 50, 60 years and not have a season like Abraham and Sarah have. And I don't mean it's necessarily a, a sexual thing or it may be or whatever, but you have somewhere where there is a struggle in your faith and the process, I don't see it, I start complaining, I go into compromise, I lean into my flesh, the flesh starts grabbing hold of what it's wanting and desiring and hungering, and then I start hating what I have done. Man, I'm talking to us today. Amen. And I want to ask you a really strong question right up, right up here in the beginning of this message. Does God lie? No. So we, we need to get that out because 
That is something that wrestle with sometimes in our mind. And, I'm just, and in, in church, I want to go, no, God does not lie. But when the process, when I've received the promise, haven't, ha- haven't gotten a hold of my promise yet, I start wondering if God can lie. But if I stand on the Word of God, which I believe this church is a Bible-based, we believe in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. The Word of God says this, and, and, and this is a beautiful time we see it. Simon is about to go into a struggle just like I'm talking. Simon Peter is about to go into a struggle just like this. I told you, everybody kind of walks through this season in their life, and Jesus recognizes what he's about to go through, and he turns to Simon, and he says this, and I love this about Jesus. He turns to Simon and says this, Simon, I pray your faith does not fail you. I love that Jesus is praying for Simon Peter's faith in the process of what he is about to come up next to, that he can he knows that he's going to be faced with compromise of his faith. And Jesus says, hey, Simon, let me tell you something. I know what you're coming at, but I'm going to be in the background praying for your faith. Amen. Isn't that good? Now, let, me, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I, I, I need somebody to be praying for my faith. I want you to stand with me. Would you do that just a minute? I want you to stretch the legs a little bit. I want you to turn around to somebody around you, and this is what I want you to tell them. This is what I want you to tell them. Listen to me close. I want you to look at them and tell them this. I, this week, am going to be praying that your faith does not fail you. Tell somebody. Would you do that? I'm praying that your faith does not fail you. Now, were you serious about it? No, 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 no. What I, what I'm, I, I, are you serious about it? Because this week is an opportunity for your faith to fail you. No matter how long, how short you've been living for God, every week there's opportunity for compromise and I need somebody in the church of the living God not to talk about one another but call out to God that God would increase our faith. And it, Because there's always this compromise to settle for less than God's best in our life. But I'm thankful for the church. Some people say, I don't need church. I'll stay at home and watch Facebook. I need need to get, get next to you and get a little church sweat on me. And I need to understand, I need you. You need me. I need somebody praying for my faith. I need somebody praying for my faith. Hallelujah. I need somebody. Turn back to somebody and say, I'm telling you, I'm going to pray this week for your faith. That it doesn't fail you. Your faith can't fail you. You've got to hang in. You've got to hang in. You've got to believe it. You've got to claim it. In the name of Jesus, God cannot lie. If he promised it, I'm telling you, it will come to pass. But you've got to stand in the fight. You may be seated. But I want to tell you this, and I want to give you the raw, honest truth. I also want to say this to everyone who has failed and has compromised because I need to say that to everybody. Say, you talking to me now. Get your halo off. From this one to you, everybody, we've had failures. Again, if it happened in Abram, it can happen to us. Boy, I could stay right here and do song preaching. 
Because what makes me a little, well, I'm just going to preach here for just a minute. What makes me a little bit nervous sometimes is when we get really Christian-fied and halo-fied and we don't think that we have struggle. Because usually you're at the most dangerous place because you're not in a state of praying. You think you're so safe in God that you're doing, you're not doing what got you into your faith in the first place and that you're at the point, you're at a struggling point in your faith and you don't realize it. I'd rather have somebody just walk up and say, Pastor, I'm struggling in my faith than somebody that's hiding it, sugarcoating it, dressing it up, purting it up, and I'm going, whoo, that face stinky. I'd rather have somebody just walk up and say, man, I'm struggling in my faith. I'm going, at least you know it. Let's go to prayer. At least you know it. You know where you're at. You've GPS where you're at. Now let's build back the faith. So I'm going to preach to everybody for just a second who has failed and has compromised. And this is what I want to tell you. Abraham pulled himself back up from his failure, failure. And you know why I know that? I know he pulled himself back up from his compromise back up from his struggling faith because, again, the Bible later on down through the Scriptures calls him the father of faith. I'm going to tell you, don't start saying that you're going to give up, you're going to quit because you made a little mistake or you had a little struggle or you're struggling with faith and I just don't know. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk through seasons whether you even know if there is a God or not. It's okay. Keep walking. Abram, they all struggle with this, but keep walking because I'm going to tell you, you, you've got faith up in you. If Abram walked through it and later on is called the father of faith, that lets me know he went through a valley, but he got back up again. And if it happened to him, it can happen to you. Can I preach that to you right now? And you see that. Amen. 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 And so I don't want you... And, we, and I'll tell you this. I want, I want to say this. If you failed, don't stay there. Yes, amen. Is that all right? If you failed, don't stay there. If you're not, your faith is not where it needs to be today, don't stay there. Amen. Grab yourself by your bootstraps or whatever, your penny loafers or whatever it is, and get back up. Yes. You've got to get back up. Yes. You can't stay in that spot. I understand that you had struggle. I understand you walked through a dark time. I get that and my compassion is there. But if you fail, don't stay there. Hear me when I say this. We always lose out when we start trying to compromise with sin. Yes, amen. And it will consume us in the end. It, it, it will start eating away in this progression that I talked about. And, and you can't stay playing with sin and, and expect to come out in a good spot. Yes, and what it's going to do is it's going to always force you as you start compromising with sin yes. that it's going to cause you to settle for less yes. in your life. Yes. Now, I'm about to ask a question. If you don't want to stand, I get it. We're not asking you to do something you're uncomfortable with. But I do have a few people that I believe will take me up on this challenge and allow your testimony to be shown. And then this is what I want. As a testimony in your past, if you have struggled with any form of addiction, and I can start naming them from, it's from Dan to Beersheba, okay? But, but, but if you've struggled with any form of addiction 
and you have a, want to stand as a testimony that what God has brought you through, I want you to stand right now. Would you do that? Would you just stand? I oh, man, I was nervous about this because I didn't know if you'd take. Look at the people that are standing up. Stay standing. Stay standing. Now, stay standing just a second. So the people that are standing up are the honest ones. They're saying, I wrestled. I mean, it can be a vast. I don't have to go into all the stuff. Addictions are so from A to Z. It's all over the place. And we are in an addicted world. We're addicted to stuff. We're addicted to stuff that's pulling our attention away from God. Addicted to idolatry. Addicted to all, I mean, substance abuse, alcohol, all these different things that we've been addicted to up in our life. And really, if I started labeling it all out, you'd probably say, well, I, you know, I, I think I am addicted. I've been, I have been addicted to something. But the people that are standing here, I want to I just use them because they were bold enough to stand. And I'm not going to embarrass them, but I'm using them as a testimony today. What was happening as you walked through your addiction? I think if I could talk with you for just a minute, what was happening? What happened is what you compromised. There was something you started compromising with and letting into your life. It, 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 it may have come in so innocently, but you started compromising with it, and it was let into your life. And what happened the addiction, well, I'm, I'm, I really felt this. I, in fact, this part of the message I added this morning. But it, but, it, but it really was screaming to you. Your addiction was screaming to you, I want more of you. Is that, is that safe to say? It's crying out. You started off on a few prescription pills, but now you're so far in. And, and the more you get, the more it wants. And it's desire. And it's crying, I want more. And the more, it's, it, maybe if it's, it's sexual, maybe it's, it's alcohol, maybe it's, and, and, and there's so many people that have received deliverance in this house. But, 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 but folks are standing up and saying, I once was there. But, but what happened is it was crying for more. And it pulled you in. And it pulled you in. And it pulled in the progression of sin kept pulling you in and what happened is it's crying for more and what the natural thing is is to give the addiction more and in the process of giving the addiction more you settle for less you settle for less in life so while the addiction is crying for more and you're feeding the addiction on this side of things you're settling for less all the while giving in to what's crying for more. And, the, and, and, and what I'm saying here to you today is thank you for being bold enough to stand up and say, there was a turnaround in my life. And the turnaround was this. When I, keep, keep, uh, when I quit feeding my addiction that was crying for more and I started feeding my faith, and when I started feeding my faith, faith, I let go of my addiction, and all of a sudden, I'm grabbing hold of God's best in my life. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I love that. I love that. And, and, and that time when it's crying for more, it's stealing your energy, and stealing your zeal, and you fight back. You may be seated. Thank you so much for your honesty. Let's give it up for these people that have found freedom in their life. But I refuse to settle. In fact, all of those folks that were just standing up, say it with me again. Say, I, I refuse to settle. 
Everybody in the house, would you say it? Say, I refuse to settle. I don't have time for that junk. I don't have time for that mess. I've moved past it. And some of you, some of you couldn't stand up right now because you, you might be in the middle of all of that. And this message is speaking directly to you. And you have dabbled and played around with things. And it seems so innocent right now. It seems so passive. It seems so inviting. And the process of the invitation, of course, it's easy now. The devil's not a fool he's not showing you the full picture you, nobody would jump into sin if they saw the end result of the compromise they wouldn't, they wouldn't, wouldn't do that but he shows you and he, he gives you just a little he's a smart little devil and he gives you just enough that the compromise in your faith starts taking place and before long, it's in the middle, and it's screaming for more, and you're feeding it, and it's still in your energy. You don't have to stand to fight. But i got to tell you, in the name of Jesus Christ, God sent me with a message to tell you, never settle for less. God's got better things for you in Jesus' name. Got better things for you. I want to read a scripture to you. It's Hebrews chapter 12, and it's verses 1 through 2. It says this. What a, what a scripture. What a scripture. It says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, man, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin, look at this, that so easily entangles. It just kind of easily gets you. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Oh my God. God said, I got it marked out for you, man. I got it marked. Just, just right here. Just, just run, baby, run. Just, just stay persevering. Don't start. Don't start. No, 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 no. I got, I've got the, I've got the 5K marked out for you. I've got it. I've got lined out for you. I've got, I get, and when you start hitting this, you're going to see, you're going to see an orange cone. <laughs> And the orange cone is saying, don't compromise here. Stand in. And, and, and it's, the cur- it's the guardrail for you to come back and keep running, keep running. And when you bump it, man, it's, 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 it's a straight and narrow. You can do this. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. Person- and, and look at this. Look at this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Man, man, man. Gene, 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 stand up just a second. You're on the second row. I need to start using people at the back so the back people start sitting at the front. But, but stand, stand, stand right there. Stand right there. Just right there. Right there. So, 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 so look down here. I'm, I'm running this Christian walk, and I've got, God's got the orange cones up for me. Now, now you can run over this corn cone and kick on this cone and say, I hate, I hate cones. I hate cones. I, I don't go to church because cones. Now, I'm being silly, but the world's kicking cones. I hate cones. I hate the word of God. And God's saying, wait a minute. I'm trying to spare you. What you're seeing is bondage is set up for you to keep you in freedom. It's not bondage. But when you're resisting it, when your, your faith is destroyed, when you're compromising faith, you hate God's protection that he set up for you. Yes. And you go around kicking cones. 
No, no, no. You stay in, and in the process, look, throw that scripture back up. So in the process, I'm running with perseverance. That means there's going to be moments when I don't feel like running, but I persevere, I persevere. And I'm doing this based off the fact that at the end, Gene, you're my Jesus here today, all right? We just, we just not here to fuss and say it's not true. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Gene today. He's, he's that Jesus that I'm using here today. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Yeah. Woo! Look, 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 look. Anybody can tell a story, but only a few special people have the ability to author the story. And so the author is down at the end, and he is not just telling somebody else's story. He's authoring and writing the story and the process. And so he looks down at you running this race, and he's, off, he's working it in for your good. And so and even at times and seasons, man, I'm getting my workout today. Even at times and seasons when you struggle with compromise and you went outside of the orange cone that God set up for you, and you're out here and you're doing goofy things and it's not working out for you. God's back over there saying, son, I'm not at the end of the road with a pitchfork and a, and a, and a hammer to beat you up. The author is at the end saying, come son, I'm writing your story. I'm working it. I'm going to help you through, but you got to stay in the fight. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Man, man, man. James, you got your baby here today? Back there? First day here? Man, let's give it up. James and had a baby. Woo! Man, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Out of the hospital, out of the hospital, in church, born preemie and in, in the house of the Lord. James, I know I just went way off. My preaching ADD got me. But I saw you here, man. Love you being in the house of God. Raise that baby. I want to dedicate. Let's raise it in the, in the love and the fear of the Lord. You know why? You know why? Got a long life. Got to stay here. The author, we got we to introduce this baby, the author and the finisher. Got to do it. Got to do it. So, look. Back to our originally scheduled program. So, so this is what you're going to do. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to help you right here. You've got some things you've got to do. You've got to make some decisions on the process of the road to life. And one of them is you've got to let go. I'm going to start right there. Just let go of whatever is out of the will of God in your life. Let go of whatever is out of the will of God for your life. Uh, team, do I, do I, I think I have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let go of whatever is out of the will of God in your life. Let it go. Somebody shout, let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Number two is look away. Look away. Look away from whatever does not line up with the Word of God. Look away, man. Turn your face from the very parents of evil. Look away from whatever does not align up with the Word. And number three is, look at this one, look to 
So you're, you're doing this. You're letting go of whatever is out of the will of God. You're looking away from whatever does not line up with the word. But you've got to look to the one who has already set, remember, the course that is set before you. And so three simple ways you can take a picture of it on the screen. You ready? Let go, look away, look to. Say it with me. Ready? Six words. Let's go. You ready? Let go, look away, look to. Let's do it again. You ready? Let go, look away, look to. Hit your neighbor and say it. You ready? Look at him in the face and say, this is what you got. Let go. One more time to get in your spirit. You ready? One more time. Go. Awesome, awesome. And so you might say, now, you know, what's, what's the big deal? What is the big deal? It's just semantics. It's wording. And, and I really don't see what the big deal because they had a baby. Wasn't Ishmael also Abram's son? Absolutely. But there's a difference. And now let me share you the difference. And that is this. I'm going to walk through this with you because everything's kind of this progression process. Ishmael is what you produced. Ishmael's a healthy young boy, ran, I mean, just running and vibrant and excited and likable. But Ishmael is what you produced, it's your will. It's what you settled for. It's what you settled for. It's what you understand. And so we like to stay in the area that we understand. It's what I, and so I start the process of settling in that maybe this issue of things is okay. It's my will. It's what I produce. It's I can see this. I get this. And I don't have to lean on God in the process of having Ishmael. And so it's easier. And let me tell you about Isaac. Let me tell you the difference on the favor that was on the birth of Isaac. Isaac is what God produced. It's what God produced. It's what God promised. It's what the author had for you. And it's what God also lays his hand on and blesses in your life. And so I'm not meaning that you're not going to have some Ishmaels in your life. But I'm here to tell you, you need to understand the difference. It's not semantics. It's not just words and way we speak them. There is a difference between Ishmael's and Isaac's in your life. And there's also a difference in darkness and in light. I can preach. We can get this figured out. But I can still preach. Can y'all see me? Good, good, good. So here we go. I'm not about to stop because the devil ain't going to stop me right now. When something don't go right in church, we always blame it on the devil. I mean, you blame it on the devil. So, 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 what God blessed, what God produced, what God's will for your life. Some of you really need to go back to this message and dissect it and pull it apart. 
because there's so much rich truths in here that can direct you in your life. It's what God wants, and what God wants is always far better than what we want for ourselves. But sometimes it's not what we see, and so we struggle in that process. I'm about to go into a message, part of this message that whew, I really want to minister to somebody. And I feel like I'm about to say some things here in the next close to the closing of this message. I'm going to speak to somebody's life. In fact, I want you to come up and get prepared and ready because I, I don't want any, anything to, I want you to hear me good. I can imagine that Sarai is in pain because she feels the weight of the promise on her shoulder. Does that make sense? So Abram had this promise from God. Well, it takes me and Sarai together for this to produce. And our age, whatever it may be, God's timing, it hadn't happened yet. Who feels the weight in the story? Sarah. And so we can beat Sarah up and whatever, but she is this woman that is struggling in the process. God promised it, and I must be the hiccup in the plan. And I believe Sarah felt incredible pain in the process of walking this step of faith. I believe she felt the weight of it. I'm the conduit that this is supposed to flow through and this is supposed to happen. God didn't speak to me. He spoke to my husband, so it's not happening. I'm the conduit where this birth is supposed to come and it's not happening. And so pain in the process can sometimes distort our mind to cause us to become settlers for less than what God has for us. You can have a friend. You can have a spouse. You can have anybody. Sometimes it's not just you. It's it's things around you. And I'm not beating that up. I'm not beating Sarah up right now. I'm loving on Sarah a little bit. But the process of the pain that she was feeling must have been incredibly intense for a woman to think, this is my beloved husband, but I'm going to look outside the tent at Hagar, this beautiful Egyptian woman, and say, hey, let me introduce you to my husband. Something's not all going right here because something's struggling in the pain and the emotions and causing her to do things she would have never done had it not been for pain, forcing trying to force her to settle for less. I want to speak on that right there. Pain is one of the main culprits of causing us to settle for less. Pain is that thing in all of us, in all of our lives, that we all despise. We hate pain. I don't like pain. I always say if there's a fight, don't look for me in it. One of my buddies that I connected with down at the conference, he's a minister. 
pastors of church larger than mine, larger than this church. He likes to do all that fighting and they get in the ring and duke it out and, you know, the ears get all swollen. And in fact, I left him and he was about to go to do some jiu-jitsu. I said, bro, what is wrong with you? Now I'm just picking. He, he's, just, he's just a tough guy. But, 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 pain, pain, pain. I don't like pain. I don't know anybody here like, raise their hand if you'd like a little dose of pain today. Like, no, 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 I don't. And so what happens is we start taking doses of other things to calm the pain. And we start putting things in there. And I, I'm not talking about things that are healthy and safe, but I'm just talking about the, the, the pain produces me settling for less. And uh, please hear me in the things that I'm about. Pain is the factor in our lives that usually starts the process of squashing our dreams. I started drinking because of pain. I started taking the drugs because of pain. I started having this sexual encounter because of pain in my my marriage. You hear it? It's the pain that starts producing the settling. Before long, I'm in a place where I'm not where I intended to be. I intended to be on that road and looking to Jesus and hallelujah. But I'm settled for less and I built a tent somewhere in the middle, in the middle of my pain. There's pain in my marriage. There's pain in my physical body. There's pain in my brain, which produces depression in our lives. There's pain in my position in life and where I'm at today. And I'm not, I'm not where I was wanting to be, but there's pain, there's pain, there's pain. And pain is, has caused people better than me and people better than you to settle for less than what God has for their life. Can you say amen if you believe that? Now I want to minister to you and I want to say, tell you something that I hope speaks to your life. There's a man in Missouri that's 80 years old. It's a true story. It happened within about the last month. And he went to he went to take his wife to the doctor, he's 80 years old, and he's driving her home from the doctor. And on his way home, the elderly man fell asleep at the wheel. He was on a two-lane going this direction. He fell asleep. He crossed the median safely, but crossed it, car going everywhere went over into the oncoming traffic. The car was so out of control. Went across that, somehow avoided oncoming traffic, went into the other uh, ditch, popped out, went through a fence, but that didn't hit any other thing. Air, air, uh, the, all the stuff in the car deployed and his airbags and, and he's jostled and him and his wife are, you know, there is, can you imagine inside that car? And in the process of what's going on, I mean, the confusion and the, and the, the, the car going crazy and the airbags and, 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 and all of this stuff, they landed by just the blessings of God. So they came safely to stop. 
to, 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 to stop in their life. And it's a few days after that, and, and a gentleman called the elderly man to check on him. He said, man, how you doing? How's it going? He said, man, I, I got to tell you, I hurt all over. I just hurt all over. He said, that, you know, things I didn't even know could hurt, hurt. I hurt. My bones hurt. Everything hurts. But then he made a statement that I'm going to close this message with that I hope you never forget. He said, but buddy, let me tell you this. From what I've heard, only survivors feel pain. <laughs> only survivors feel the hurt. That's the only ones. Had it turned out different that day and we would have went on to glory land, I wouldn't be feeling pain here today, but I feel pain based on the fact that I'm a survivor. Pain pain is screaming to you in the process of all of the things that I've laid out, it's screaming to you I cannot, I did not beat you. I did not destroy you. You went through it all, but pain is screaming out at you. Don't you dare settle for less because you were born for something greater. Because only survivors feel pain. Would you stand with me? Your pain is says it this to you. I took my best shot at you. I gave it my best. I swung hard. But guess what? The pain is saying you beat me because you're still standing. Are you hearing me right now? I'm preaching to somebody. Pain is saying, see the enemy has told you your pain is going to make you stop. Your pain is going to make you settle. Your pain is going to make you give up. It's going to make you quit in the marriage. And it's going to make you quit in your process of recovery, in your addiction. It's going to make you, it's going to make you stop. But what you don't understand is the pain is because you did not stop. Come on, are y'all ready to sing? The pain is saying, you've been through some tough times, girl. You've been through walks and through some tough roads. Am I telling the truth? You've told us your story. But you're singing here today because pain didn't have victory in your life. Pain didn't have victory in your life. <laughs> and so, you, you in that one song today, you hit a new little octave. I don't, even, I don't even know if that's what they call it, but it's what I call it. You hit a new little spot. You went into falsetto. I'm telling you, I think I'm, I could be the next worship guy. I'm telling you. But listen, listen. You went to the next level, and the next level is still there. And the next level is still there. And the next level is still there because your pain didn't stop you in the process. 
Anybody had any pain in their life? Come on, get your hands up. Get your hands up. The pain in your life has produced in telling you, I tried to stop you. I tried to beat you. But guess what? You beat me because what I tried to make you settle for, you wouldn't even feel had it not been that you made it through. You're going through. You're going to get through this. You got this. Don't you settle far less in the name of Jesus.